0: The chase, okay? What are you guys selling?
1: You're drowning, and I throw you a life jacket. Would you grab it? Yes. Good. Pick up 200 shares. I won't let you down. Pay
0: him. Pay this man his money.
1: Ask him how they'd like to see 30, 40 percent returns. What are they gonna say? No? I don't want to see those returns.
0: Where's the money, Lebowski? You're gonna make a lot of money, right? Be aggressive.
1: Learn how to push. Show him a 3 percent return, and I'll trust you to watch his kids. For the I'm a big fan
0: of money.
1: Move around. Motion creates emotion.
2: I did not know that. That's it. I'm done.
3: Hello, Homepage Stats and Jacks. I'm Tom Hollis, Matt Weber on the board. SP futures down a buck, Chuck, buck and a half. Now futures up 146. Nasdaq futures down 69 as we got a big blast down in in Meta. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Lou, how are you? Good morning, sir. Um, What's the good word out in the. I got a thing from Steamboat yesterday telling me they already had snow.
4: Oh, yeah. No, it, uh, we've got uh, two two good solid snowfalls up uh, up in the central mountains for the uh, the ski bo- the ski boys, and uh, I think there's there's supposed to be some more coming. It's it's definitely uh, it's definitely getting cooler, and uh, you know, so they're they're making snow they're able to make snow full time up there now, and it's sticking. The first uh, the first ski area opened up last week.
3: Which, who's that? that uh, that's the one up on the divide, right? uh it's a basin
4: i think uh, the slopes uh, the slopes face north so they're, not, they're not getting any direct sunlight it's a little harder for uh breck and vale and aspen where the, the slopes face either east or southeast for the most part and uh you know unless you catch the catch the sun all day so um anyway but yeah the ski ski season started officially and uh People, uh, people will be uh, wrecking themselves here shortly.
3: I thought the uh, the one up on uh, on the past, the the old uh, what's it, the talking about Loveland? Yeah, was always the first one. Yeah, Lo-
4: Loveland. I don't think Loveland has opened yet. Although they may be opening this weekend. Um, there, there's been, there's been plenty of snow up there uh, recently. They're supposed to get. I think it was by the end of the end of business today they were supposed to get somewhere between four and ten inches of uh, of fresh new snow so uh that should that should be enough for a for a base on the on most of the most of the runs so i think i think Loveland may be opening as well um you know i think about the i mean there's any number of places up there that are are running now but Loveland, a basin are usually the ones that open first and stay open the longest
3: when i was skiing years ago uh I never went to Loveland, but that was always at the time. I think it was it was it was chairlift, and their big thing was they opened early, so the real nutjobs went up there, and then as soon as everybody else opened, nobody went up there. Back in those days,
4: I, I think that's right. I mean, I, I have not skied Loveland uh,
3: mainly because it's very steep, and
4: at uh, my age, I'm I'm not interested in uh, you know testing the limits of my my health insurance. <laughs> yeah, um, but but uh, people, you know. People people charge in there. Um, it, it's you know it's right off the interstate. You can you can see everything you know right there. But it's it's small, and so um, you know the the general assessment from Denver is if you're going to get on the I seventy corridor and get yourself trapped in traffic for you know three plus hours or four plus hours, you, you want to go to a place with more options than uh, than Loveland, more more terrain diversity. Well, oh, I always no, thought I that, uh,
3: what's the one on Route 40? That place was always looked like it was real tough to me, too. Uh, the other pass uh, is on. uh not If you get off on 40, it's a pretty big place. So You get off on 40, and you, it's owned by the same people who own Steamboat. Oh God, I used to go by these places all the time. You get off, you get off and you take, it's on, uh, Bert, is that a Berthoud Pass? One of the other. Oh,
4: birthed, birth, Oh, Berthoud Pass.
3: Yeah, um, I, I'm sorry, I know which one you're, I know
4: which one you're you're thinking of uh, uh it's I'll always for a second i'll look
3: it up but but for those of you who don't know the the colorado history um if you went before i mean uh, lou talks like a young man like the eisenhower for the eisenhower corridor he talks about well, there didn't used to be an eisenhower corridor it was route six
4: uh winter winter
3: park yeah that place always seemed like it was really tough and they didn't they didn't uh, groom very much and Anyway, I was talking about before there was an Eisenhower corridor and an Eisenhower tunnel, there was Route 6, and you had to go up over to the pad, and it had to be the world's roughest pass level because Barthout is no, is no joy. And uh, and the uh, <clears throat> even now, I think, don't they make the real big semis go over the top instead of go through the tunnel?
4: Um, no, they're, they're pushing, they, they close the tunnel regularly, because because you know it's a good it's a long hill getting up there coming from the west and if it's snowing uh and they can't clear the road fast enough uh trucks will have trouble making the pull up the uh, up the hill um and they you know the it it can to be a real mess but, but typically what happens when you get snowfall out there is that the the first thing you see is the, is the winter tire rule going into effect. Oh, yeah. And then, and then if it continues after that, then chains, and then, and then they shut the pass. But usually, before they get to the change point, some moron driving a Prius, you know, and, and skiing along on the snow will crash. And, and that, that shuts everything down just as effectively as the Department of Transportation.
3: Well, if you've never gone oh. on one of the old, quote, mountain passes... Uh, you should probably do it once, but you better have snow tires and you better have a steady hand because it's just curve, curve, another curve, and and steep. I don't, I never went over a Loveland, but Burt was pretty bad. I mean, it was a uh, you know, well, Burt, is is a birthday it is a piece of cake compared to Loveland. That's what I'm saying. I bet and Loveland's a lot worse. And Loveland, Loveland.
4: As you drive over the top of Loveland Pass, I mean, I mean, two things generally occur to me when I go over the top of Loveland Pass in the winter time. The first is, who in the hell thought this was a pass? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. number one, and and because you're you're way up above uh, Interstate seventy, and I'm I'm thinking, yeah, pass mass. This is this is a nightmare. And then the second thing you you think about is the the uh, all the signs that say avalanche danger. They're yeah, right no. along the side of the road. <laughs> so, so as you're driving along, you're kind of anxiously looking up, you know, up to the top of the mountain to see if any, you know, anything's coming down the hill. As you're, uh, I don't think they expect
3: you, you to do that, Lou. I think they expect you not to run into one. If there was one in front of you, you at least stop before you whack into the thing.
4: You know, they had uh, they had an avalanche close
3: on a seventy uh, just west of Copper
4: Mountain, which is is just west of them. The big ski area run here of keystone breckenridge and, and copper mountain uh, An avalanche closed there uh, uh i think three years ago i think in 2019 and and it was it was great in the sense that you had all these dash cams that were active and people with their cell phones who were <laughs> driving along in their cars and it was a relatively open flat part of uh, of i-70 but you could you know as people start filming you see this mass of white just boiling um uh, you know across the road and it had a it had a probably a 200 300 yard run before it hit the highway uh on flat land and you could see people just just videoing and watching this thing you know and a lot of them were just going what's that what's that oh yeah it's a they are. White, this wall of white sweeps the
3: car off the road. I was in uh, Jackson one year, and Jackson is very, very steep. I mean, it's not like... Yes. I mean, if you go to Steamboat, I guess one of the Aspens is pretty steep. If you go to Steamboat, it's it's relatively gentle. I mean, there's there's definitely expert runs, but it's not a serious area where nobody can even go on. I mean, you can pretty much ski the whole mountain. Uh, but in Jackson, it's a whole different program. I mean, the Tetons are very straight up and down. And... Uh, there's a one area. I don't, I don't know if you ever skied there, uh, Lou, but it's it's a beautiful place. Well, they they're very concerned about avalanches, and if you really want to hear about that, Dr. J had a buddy we skied in uh, Snowbird and uh, Alta. This guy was on the avalanche patrol and every morning. You'd hear this, the gun, you know, the explosions going off and the guns going off. I mean, it's serious stuff, and they dig this big, huge hole to find out, you know, what, what the what the snow is like. And the last thing you want. There's a whole bunch of snow that kind of melts a little bit to where it gets an icy crust, and it snows on top of that because now it's <clears throat> it's very unstable because it's on there's like ice in the middle of your pile of snow, and uh, anyway up in Jackson these guys we're talking <clears throat> four thousand feet in the air, and uh, I mean four thousand feet above the base that's how high the vertical is or thirty nine hundred or something, so they got this big snow shelf that they're worried about, so some guy gets on the opposite thing, we're almost like this big, huge sniper gun. And he, when he yeah. puts this huge charge into the thing, all of a sudden this avalanche comes down. It comes flying down. It takes out pine trees. The thing smelled the next, oh, I was there the next week, it smelled like a tri- Christmas tree farm. There were so many pine trees just littering all, this, all the ski areas, the whole area. And this avalanche came all the way down, ran, came down a ski run, took out the, the hot dog stand, just missed the uh, one of the poles for the, the chairlift, Went all the way down to the bottom and stopped 40 yards from a guy's house. I, I never saw anything like it. And they got all these big tractors out there hauling all the logs away and stuff, and there's pine needles all over the whole damn place. I, mean, I can't even imagine how powerful that thing was. Though. Oh,
4: yeah. Well, it, it's, you know, last year was a bad year for avalanche deaths here in, in Colorado. We had a, we had a, a run. Um, usually it you know, it, it, the people at Kills are, are backcountry skiers who are, are cross-country skiing or are hiking into, you know, an area of carrying their skis on their backs and then and then strapping them on and going down. And, you know, they, they, they're, they're constantly warning people up here, you know, stay off, you know, stay off certain trails and they've, they've got them posted for, uh, you know, for, for dangerous, you know, dangerous areas. But, you know, the short answer is that if you're one of the, you know, you're one of the true believers, you, you don't want to ski where everybody else is skiing. You want to get into pristine, you know, woods and go over rocks and off cliffs and all that kind of stuff. So, so those folks, those folks hike in and it, you know, it could, sometimes it's as little as, as just the hiking that will set the, that will set the avalanche off. Sometimes it's, it's multiple people skiing um, you know, some, sometimes it's just a, a wind shift that'll that'll crack some shelf off and uh, and send it down, and and so you know it it, it it's dangerous. And and again, if you if you take Loveland Pass if you, if you drive that in the winter time, you will see you know all kinds of cars pulled off on the side of the road, and and you can see the tracks going up the side of the hill where guys you know put their ski boots on and just hike up oh, the, yeah. hike up the side of the hill till they get about you know. 1,500, 2,000 feet above the, above the road,
3: and then they ski down. One of my buddies and in college is, is... This is how you start the day. One of my buddies in college is 70 years old, and he is retired from uh, <clears throat> NOAA. What a fantastic career the dude had. Uh, well, He was a guy that flew over, in, remember in the DC-8 flights, going to see the... Uh, trying to look at the ozone holes and stuff? He was in all those things. And then he, uh, he was part of this huge study worldwide on oxygen generation. And they they took planes over uh, virtually every spot on Earth they could get to, to find out. Most people think, foolishly, um, after the study anyway, like places like the Amazon are, are, are huge hotbeds of oxygen generation. And it turns out they're not at all because any kind of a stable environment turns in, it turns into equilibrium. As much plant plant matter as there is in the Amazon, the much oxygen is being uh, created. Every tree that's down is, is basically loaded with termites and everything that are chewing away and creating carbon dioxide. So you end up almost at, at equilibrium to where your your atmosphere is the same. He said the biggest bloom they ever saw, they couldn't believe it when they flew over it in the plane, uh, they flew over to Yellowstone uh, um, maybe two years after all the fires, when it was all new growth. He said the meter shot up on the action like no place they have ever come across. Oh, yeah. And he was saying that uh-huh. if, if we really, if, if regardless of all the global warming, where this is coming from, where that's coming from, he said if we had a, a national program to plant like a million trees a year, probably the best thing we know would help. And yet we have nothing like that, of course. Because um, he said not, nothing creates more oxygen than new growth. Cause it, it well, it, it, to a certain extent, in areas where we're not,
4: uh, we're not doing any active planting or anything like that, the increased carbon dioxide is going to is going to stabilize because plant growth is is exploding yeah and and i i know i do know that uh the last survey that i saw or results that i saw indicated that there was something like 50 more trees in, in the in the world than uh ecologists had originally estimated That was based on this is based on satellite data so i, I think you're seeing i think I, I will expect as global warming if in is, is taking place. Um, we're opening up areas where there's going to be a lot more, um, a lot more plant growth to take take advantage of the carbon dioxide.
3: Babe, what? Well, um, gotcha. i I got
4: you? I wanted to address. I wanted to address real quick the, this the Fetterman uh, debate. Oh
3: yeah, yeah
4: happened, What was that uh,
3: two nights ago? That, how long and, was that? Not
4: so much. Not so much because um, of, of Mr. Fetterman, who I you know is, is almost. Uh, a Shakespearean figure of tragedy and hubris, but because of the parallels with two cases that that happened in Chicago when I was there, and uh, and the first was John Stroger, yep, and and I know you remember that one, and the other one was uh, Mark Kirk, yeah, and the differences in how those things were handled, but watching Fetterman and 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 having followed with some interest the. Just the whole media thing that's been going on with his staff and the, the covering that's been going on for him within the within the press. Um, I, I just thought of, of John Sturgeon, and the, you know who was the Cook County Board president right after I moved to uh, Chicago, and uh, who had a, a terrible stroke uh, that basically put him in the hospital and kept him in the hospital. He, he never left the
3: hospital after the stroke, did he? I don't think so. I'm not positive. I don't think so. So so
4: this guy, this poor guy has this this terrible stroke. He's the president of the Cook County Board, but because of the power structure and power plays that were going on, he is serving he, he, they keep him on serving as the president of the Cook County Board, even though and and you couldn't get any information about his medical condition and and everybody everybody I think in Chicago knew this guy this guy was totally dysfunctional totally non-functional um, and, and and it but it took it took months and months and months for anybody to even get in there you know there were no interviews with him There, you know but then you get these reports out that he's you no know, he's handling business from his hospital bed and he's doing just fine. was oh yeah, oh yeah, just, just like this just like this Fetterman situation he's fine he's he's able to discharge his duties etc 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 and he never ever reappeared the only, the last thing I remember was his so-called signature, on a on a document that transferred, if I remember right, transferred the power to his kid, to to Todd.
3: Actually, no. And there he, was a there was a lady between. Oh, no, that's right. Yeah, there was a lady between him and Todd because she ended up serving for I'm going to say four or five months, then retired with a pension like five times more than she ever made it on the, on the board.
4: Exactly. She they, they promoted her up so that she could she could retire with a pension. So so they fix it so they get a they get a, a, a ventriloquist a ventriloquist dummy in for for a few months, to, so that they can they can effectuate you know power transfer so that the right people get the get the power. That was his kid, um, and then they had him sign a resignation statement that basically looked. I'm pretty sure what they did is they, they put a pen in his hand pinned his arm to a table and then moved the document underneath the yeah. underneath the oh, pin yeah. to try to get some squall on the on the paper that, that purported to be his signature uh you know i mean i mean it, and the the cult the cover-up and collaboration that went on in this thing was just unbelievable and i i, I so so i watched fetterman you know, I, I watched this one reporter. Fetterman's a little bit different because he's actually running for election, so there had to be some exposure. I watched what happened when when they got a the, uh, an NBC reporter in there who apparently didn't get the memo that she was supposed to give nothing but glowing coverage to Mr. Fetterman and say what a what an intellectual giant he was. She she went in with the interview, did her interview about three or four weeks ago, and then and then at the start. Of her, of her article, just noted that she'd had a conversation with Mr. Fetterman prior to the formal interview, and that it was clear that he could not follow a normal conversation or participate in a normal conversation. She was she was almost fired from NBC. She was castigated by her by her fellow uh, media people. Fetterman's wife said that that she should be fired because she was she was you know engaging in a, this ableist. Uh, you know propaganda, uh, and of course, you know she was right. She just didn't get the memo that she was supposed to lie to cover for this guy. So I looked at that, and then I contrast that with the treatment of Mark Kirk, who was also in office as a sitting senator, suffered a suffered a debilitating stroke. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. He
3: did he he release his medical records, Chief? Uh, Mark Kirk was never a sitting senator. He was yes, running he was. Oh, he wasn't. He was running for something, right? I don't think he was. Let me let me check. Um, I remember
4: him walking up the steps, for me, uh, of the of the Capitol. He
3: was a sitting senator of uh from Illinois. Yes.
5: Yeah, he began a six-year Senate term on uh, in 2011, oh, thanks, and then in 2012 he suffered a stroke.
3: That that's right. Right. That's right. That's right. He, and he, then yeah. a
5: full year passed before he returned to his senatorial duties.
3: Right. And and I I just remember
4: I remember the coverage of that. I mean, he didn't resign, and he and I, I was never clear. I mean, I think he was I think he was pretty debilitated, but I don't think his debilitation was as much uh, intellectual and speech as it was physical. I mean, I, I, he couldn't walk after the stroke; he had to learn to walk again.
3: So he was right before Tammy Duckworth. Yes, he was. He he
4: lost the election to Tammy Duckworth, and. And what happened in his case was, you know, Chicago Troops said, look, we, we need a senator who's, you know, 100%, at least in terms of intellectual ability. And, and, you know, Mark's a nice guy, and he's made tremendous strides, but he really he really isn't, you know, fully there. Um, and, and Duckworth, who, of course, is also disabled, um, who's, uh, you know, was I think at the time was in a wheelchair, she um, she lost both a accident. She lost the, both in legs military. in the war.
3: She lost both legs.
4: Yeah. right. Yeah. Um and and so anyway, they I, I just it, it's just really interesting to, to see how this treatment differs.
3: Well Lou, well, you're 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 making them I, I don't know I mean I have no idea. I'm not Fetterman's doctor, but one of my one of my best friends from uh Notre Dame had a uh, Mild stroke, and uh, well, I mean, it was bad enough for him, and uh, he was in was and is in absolute tip-top shape. They found he had some kind of a little hole in his heart or something that a clot snuck through. Oh, blood pressure, weight, all that stuff is perfect. And, um, he was uh, four or five months in kind of a speech rehab sort of thing, and now you absolutely would not know at all. So depending on but if you would have put him up on a stage two months after it, he'd have said, well, you know, that guy's, that guy's really slow. What's he doing up there? Well, he, he would have been fine. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean it, as a senator or whatever. Matter of fact, we'd be better off if he was a senator. He's a bright guy. Um, I, I mean, I'd, unless you know that the case itself, you don't know if it's on the way back. You don't know if it's just a, a, a speaking impairment where you think fine and can write fine. I mean, how do you I mean the idea that you can't go up there and perform like a circus guy for in these debates maybe it's a deal breaker maybe it isn't I'm gonna say I, I saw a little bit of it too it didn't look too good to me so I'm sort of with you with that um, but. I watched I watched watch
4: the I watched the whole thing I
3: mean I, he can't he can't
4: participate in a conversation without having the screen in front of him putting out a you know the, the the words that are coming to him. He has to be able to read them. His auditory processing is terrible. So that's you're saying one, it doesn't sound two, like it,
3: doesn't sound like it's temporary, is what you're saying? Well, And number two, his his
4: responses are are almost incomprehensible. I mean, and I mean plus is
3: he is he qualified in the first place? Is another question. Well, well, I, I mean that's right. And, and so
4: I, I just I just noted it, it. It caused me immediately to react back. The first person I thought of was Stroger because Kirk my my recollection of kirk was that he was not intellectually uh, compromised that he was able to to i think so too. i think so too, I remember. Stuff. His, his thing was mostly physical he couldn't walk and and i remember i remember his struggle to get up and down the Capitol steps to show you know show his his recovery um but but anyway i uh, just an interesting sort of parallel situation and and you know, what, what is the role of the press in this kind of a circumstance? I mean, I, my my reaction or, or thought process is that the guy's running for election. If you're running for election, you put it all out there.
3: And well, I am mean, he say... And, and,
4: that he's not willing to do that, there needs to be a challenge.
3: Well, I would be very upset, like I said, if my buddy had been running for senator and this was a very temporary thing and somebody launched all over him like he was already dead. Like, that would be... I mean, I think you have to know... What's going on medically, and it's up to him to tell people that. I would say, I and mean, I, I would say that he, he should have a full yeah. report out there and say he's he's been compromised in this area of the brain. By the way, this this comes back right away. It doesn't impact his his mental capacity. Doesn't impact him physically. He'll be fine in six months. We need to. I'm, I'm with you. We need to know that. And if and if he stumbles through his first debate, then I don't care. But the guy says, "The guys have been Looney Tunes forever. I don't want him as a center. I'm, I'm with you. With the, but how do you know? Unless yeah. unless they're honest,
4: unless unless you see that. Well, and of course, I, the, the other reason I think that Fetterman Fetterman situation was being uh, basically covered covered up by the by the press is that he has direct implications for for the president, uh, who who frankly has looked worse and worse and worse over the last few weeks, and and I, i don't i don't know what's you know what's happening around they're propping him up but I'd, I'd sure like to see a medical report or some kind of cognitive test on him and and you know especially given all the garbage that was going on with our, our previous president in terms of demands for cognitive assessments and and uh, you know you don't need to, you don't need to be a psychologist or a uh, a gerontologist to watch mr biden and just say man that this this guy's fading.
3: You know what he's he's. And, and, he and his, and I mean he's
4: not he's not The incredible danger that, that of of having a perception of somebody like that in, in, in you know as your chief executive.
3: Lou, we he's, had he's, we had Ronald Reagan like that for three years. Well, but but, but Reagan, no Reagan was
4: not like that for three years. He, Reagan, he never, he never, Reagan was much better. He was fading at the end. He never and, he never came out, out. You know.
3: I gotta believe he and never and came out. And there, were lots,
4: there were lots of comments about him fading at the
3: end. He never came out of the White House his last two years. He just he just receded. He was like he was almost as bad as Woodrow, Woodrow Wilson.
4: No, not not that's not my recollection. He he was he was engaged. He was he was, out he, front, was he was nothing like what,
3: what he I'm was amazing Biden right now. Uh, his his ex- external schedule in those years, I would bet, is nothing like Biden's.
4: You're well, talking but, from '86 to '88.
3: Yeah. Oh no! I, he was he was active. Uh, I the, the we'll continue after the break. That that's the halo that's around him. Hey, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bitch at the guy for getting Alzheimer's. It might happen to me, but I I you know the fact is he he was in bad shape. but not a lot of stuff was going on. It was a different world. Let's be futures up two fifty. dollars has that futures down fifty two. We've got Meta down twenty nine bucks. That's twenty two percent. This thing was three hundred seventy dollars a year ago, and I'm gonna tell everybody when we come back. I mean. Shares they have outstanding. It's ugly. We'll be right back. Stocks and Jacks.
1: How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freaks guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks.
0: Stocks,
5: jocks,
3: jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control here. Right now, Right here. Right now, Right well, and jacks. Time to time out. Mr. my Weber on the board. SP Futures up three. NSA Futures down 46. We had a big turnaround in the market yesterday. We were up in the morning pretty good. Then we flipped around sort of like the day before. We were down and flipped around up. But obviously, the big news uh, today is this Meta, and the thing is down uh, $29 to $100 a night. Just before I do the traffic, weather, and sports, this thing was $346 a year ago. So that's $250 times 2.7 billion shares outstanding. So what is that, maybe $680 billion off, off the value of the place? Plus these guys um, bought back <coughs> over the year... They bought back 150 million shares. So they basically pissed away. Every time somebody says a company's gonna buy some shares back, every just gleefully runs and buys this stuff. They they just they just what they piss away? 37 billion dollars on a bad trade? For God's sake. I mean you you wonder what is going on with some of these people. anyway. Dow Futures are up two twenty-eight on individual stocks in the Dow. We've got Caterpillar, they had earnings, they came up the other way, they're up eleven bucks, so good for them. We've got McDonald's. Um, said they were able to raise prices more than anybody was able to raise prices to them. So we got another one of these companies that we wonder if we're cheering for them, because we're, every time you go to McDonald's you should celebrate, but they've managed to raise prices enough to where they're good, even though you're paying more. Uh, we'll get a opinion on that in a minute. We're in Europe, we got the DAX down 108.8%, <clears throat> FTSE up 6 uh, call that flat, around down 59 that's a full 1%. percent. We're in Asia, kind of a mixed bag. Uh, Nikkei down 86, that's only 0.3%. Hang Sang down 16.5%. Hang, Hang Seng, I mean it's Shanghai, I'm sorry. Hang Sang up 110, two days in a row, but still only 15,427. We heard Russell say yesterday how they're they're really kind of hurting over in Hong Kong. I mean, it's a, they keep trying to attract stuff and they just can't do it. Uh, Bond's up five basis points. Tenure rate is up five basis points. 406 was in danger yesterday of ducking below four. The Bund up six basis points, 2.18. Japan down a point to 0.25. They actually snuck up to 0.27 the other day, but it came right back down. Uh, Oil up 29 cents, 88.20. Brent up 35 cents, 96.04. Natural gas up 5 cents, 565. Arbob unchanged at 289. Again, the natural gas is really the story of the year, down from 9.30 or whatever it was. Gold can't go two days in a row up, down 220, uh, 16.67. Silver down 9 cents, 1939, but pretty much above the 1840 it was a week ago. Copper down three cents, 351. We've got crypto, Bitcoin down 152, but still pretty comfortably over 20,000, 20,599. It's up probably a thousand bucks on the week. And we, we get my chart of metro out of the way so I can see what the uh, currencies are doing. We got the euro uh, down 40 cents, but still at a buck, over, uh, a little over a buck. It was 0.97 earlier in the week. The Pound is up to 1.15. It was 1.12. It actually. Remember the one day three weeks ago, Manny, you were here, was it, did it park at 104 in the morning it traded? So it's way up from its low. What do you got for us, traffic, Weather Sports?
5: 37 minutes past the hour. Good morning to everyone out there. We're actually off to a pretty good start here on a Thursday morning. Uh, traffic starting to build around O'Hare, but no issues on the inbound Edens or Kennedy. Uh, same for the Eisenhower. We did have an earlier crash out west on the I-88 Reagan Memorial on the eastbound side just before Midwest Road. That crash has been clear. But there's still some stop-and-go traffic as a result. No issues if you're coming in on the Stevenson. Normal traffic volumes there. Same for the Ryan I-57 and the Bishop Ford. Dusabo Lakeshore Drive is all quiet as well. Only other crash in the area is out in the western suburbs, Addison Road at Factory Road, and that is in Addison. Everything else looking good out there. Weather today, another uh, decent uh, late October day today. Partly cloudy skies. A high of 53. We will warm back up into the 60s. Uh, um, in the next few days uh, Particularly early next week But uh, today lots of sunshine Cool temperatures and 53 Right now it's clear and 41 degrees downtown For our Phoenix listeners Sunshine with a high of 80 today Right now it's clear and 55 In sports the Bulls Blew out the Pacers last night at the United Center 124-109 to 109. Bulls are 3-2 and two on the young season
3: They got to win 4 though After being up like 25 in the first half
5: They did, the Pacers made it interesting And then the Bulls pulled away Blackhawks were off last night. They're back in action tonight hosting the Edmonton Oilers. That's a 7.30 p.m. puck drop at the UC. Blackhawks are off to a surprising 4-2-0 start. The Bears made a big splash yesterday, trading all-pro defensive end Robert Quinn to the Philadelphia Eagles for a fourth-round pick in uh, next year's uh, NFL draft. And Thursday night football tonight, it will be Tom Brady and the Buccaneers hosting Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. That's a 7:15 Central Time kickoff, and that game, of course, is on Amazon Prime Video. Chief,
3: um, just a quick question before I become a general manager, or especially like a team like the Bears. Hopefully, there's not many teams like the Bears. Do I have to become a lion sack of bleep? Just, just asking.
5: Do you have to be a liar to be to work for the Bears? Yes. Uh, good question. I don't know if that's on the res the uh, job um, description. Yeah, you do. <laughs> at least, at least in terms of the negotiations I've had with NFL teams,
3: um, the dude just comes
4: like, out just like if you're an agent, you have to you have to be a liar.
3: Well, the the group comes out, the 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 story comes out is they're interviewing Roquan Smith yesterday. Did you did you hear this, Maddie? Uh, uh,
5: I saw that Roquan broke down in tears uh, and left the stage and left the the podium. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, So they get, who's the GM? What's his name? Pace? How's his name? Uh,
5: Ryan Poles is the new GM. Ryan Poles. in year one.
3: He comes out and he goes, you know, I know it's going to cause a problem in the locker room and it might cause a problem with chemistry and blah, 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 but we have to do what's best for the team, the team meaning the bottom line when it's the beard. You can't tell me. (laughs) A fourth-round pick from the best team in football is worth a crap next year?
5: Well, a fourth-round pick is worth a lot no matter what. If the 120th you know. pick
3: versus an all-pro?
5: Well, an all-pro, I mean, you have to understand. Now, Robert Quinn on a good team is very valuable. Robert Quinn on a, on a bad team, he's going to demand a lot of money. They're going to probably cut him next year, um, and they're not going to pay him yes. at 33 years old, the amount of money he's owed. So I, I actually I understand your point. This particular trade I actually agree with because you got something for him, and a fourth-round pick in the exactly. NFL is super exactly. valuable. Uh, For a 32 year old guy, I mean, he he, what does he have? One sack this year, maybe two.
3: Well, they changed it, but he still is right there every play. Well, I
5: I like Robert Quinn. I mean, the Eagles obviously valued him too, and the Eagles are competing for a Super Bowl this year, so he makes a lot of sense. The Bears, I mean, you and I say it every year: they need draft picks. They need they they got to rebuild this thing, and next year they got a ton of draft picks. They got a ton of cap space. And um, I think they're doing it the right way. Uh, so so this time I'm going to have to disagree with you, but, but I you understand your point.
3: You have somewhat... The timing is horse bleep. You just came off of a big win. You've got your fan base finally charged up that maybe you're somewhat ahead of schedule on this team. And you're going into Dallas with all this... I've never seen bear fever in the last 10 years as high as it is this week, and then you pull a stunt this, this week.
5: Now that you could argue, yeah. I mean, it'd be something that... Uh, but maybe he's at his most valuable this week. I don't know I'm just saying <laughs> yeah, that, that's <laughs> exa- exa-
4: that that's exactly right i i, I understand the, I understand the move and and you know I, i'm I'm sorry after after about thirty two or thirty three for for guys in that position he's a he's a declining asset
3: well okay uh, what's his name? Mac is having a big year for wherever he went. Mac is, yeah, Mac, well, I mean, uh, it depends on it
4: depends on the scheme he's in. I mean, I mean, if, if if he's if he's surrounded by other good players, you know, somebody like that can extend their their playing life for for years. But if he's if he's the big dog and everybody on the other side of the ball knows he's the big dog, they can concentrate on him without having to without having to. i about the other guys. I'm going to say he's that, efficient, his effectiveness is, is is way down. It's he's. By the way, let me let me just let me just correct you. Okay, if I' may sure so so Reagan Reagan did not hide in the White House for the last two years he made four trips to the Soviet Union he spoke at Moscow State University in in, in 1988 and uh, I travel there he, he negotiated with Gorbachev and, and uh, closed closed down the, the Cold War effectively um, and that's just that's just on the international front he was he was all over the place. The last few years, I
3: didn't his, say his uh, decline. I never said
4: toward the end of '88 when Bush took over. You could see him. You could see him physically starting to, to ail. But he was very active through the well, last two okay, years of his presidency.
3: What you, what you just said here, here's how two people can can both be right. There is no way that they let the man out in front of. Read how many news conferences he had. Live news conferences the last two. I'm saying you. He he wasn't he wasn't an invalid. I didn't I never said that.
5: Kevin writes in you Reagan, said, he sta- you said uh, Maddie's
4: got the take. You said he hid in the White House for the last two years he, of his presidency every, and he didn't come
3: out. Everything he did was was very choreographed.
5: Kevin writes in Reagan gave the tear down this wall speech in Berlin in nineteen eighty seven. I understand that. I know that. Yes.
3: Kevin, okay, I'm saying how long was the speech?
5: I wonder if I can find Well, it.
3: well I
4: don't know how long the speech was, but he, he taught he taught a session at Moscow State University, uh, and apparently was comprehensible enough there I'm that, uh, t- I'm talking that the Russian about people who who
3: greeted him and listened to him said he was. I think he seemed to be in pretty good shape. I think his handlers and everybody who has those kinds of issues when you start to degrade has their good days. I'm, I'm not. I'm not taking a shot at old people here. What I'm saying is is that for some reason Biden's people. He was <laughs> not
4: comparable in any way to Joe Biden.
3: I. With respect my, to his
4: my, activities, I, I, know this, I
3: know the, the cult of Dutch is big, but there's no way they let him walk to the the helicopter and answer 15 questions along the way like for, miserably these people are letting Biden do. These I, people were way well, better. I don't, than I
4: don't. Yeah, I mean it was a different it was a different situation than with respect to how the press interacted with the president. But yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I would not let Joe Biden answer questions off the cuff. He starts talking about Armageddon, which, by the way, yeah. is the next topic I wanted to raise with you this morning.
5: Actually, I was going to raise that I, with I, you. I think the answer is probably somewhere in the middle. I as do it too. Usually, is yes. he's probably not as bad as Chief remembers, and he's probably not as good as Lou remembers. But I will say, oh, I, I don't remember. Oh,
4: no, no, he was failing. He was failing. You could you could see that physically, especially he was he was failing toward the. You know toward the end of his presidency, and I, and I know he was, I know he was running down.
5: And I, but I can right. tell you factually that the tear down this wall speech, because I have the video, is 26 minutes long in front of a, a live crowd, which is yep. a pretty substantial yeah, yeah. length of time.
3: I I'm, I'm just what I'm talking yeah. about is, is the idea that this off-the-cuff crap is, is I mean uh, his, his wife was very protective of him. She made sure that he was prepared and everything was done right. She was really good at keeping him looking good, I thought.
4: Well, no, they, they, uh, you're not going to get, you know, he's an old, he's an old guy and, and was an old guy. And you're not going to get any, any, you know, comments from me about, about how it's a mistake for us to keep electing, you know, really old people into these, into these terribly demanding positions. Um, it's another, it's another reason I, I personally oppose, uh, you know, Mr. Trump running again. He's going to be—he's going to be old. I mean, he's—he's he's pretty vigorous, but he's going to be old by the time he takes office. And, and I, I'm just—I think—I think we need to start thinking about how our our people are, um, our people are presenting on the international stage. Well, it's also I'll tell you what—the the bad guys yeah. are measuring that.
3: But Lou, it's, it's also a part of what we expect these people to do. I mean, I've been reading a lot about Eisenhower lately, and I—I I don't know anything about Ike's mental state or whatever, but. Eisenhower's way he, he ran the place. I mean, if I got elected, God, if I got elected at age 76, I wouldn't be running around all day long doing something. I don't need to do that to be president. I need to get the best people in the world around me, review stuff, sit in a room, analyze what they're doing, tell them when they're screwing up, and once in a while get out in front of the people and tell, me this, tell everybody this is what I'm doing. Or maybe I do a, a radio show every Saturday for 20 minutes where I talk about what I'm accounting. I don't have to be. You don't have to be the the the, you know, the, 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 the Bill Clinton love that stuff to get out in front of people and everything. That's not the job. I have no problem with Reagan being there. I mean, I, I think he was probably in some, respects, in some respects. Unfortunately,
4: now it is the job well, because of the because of the prevalence of, of of media everywhere in the the fight for content. But but re- regardless, I, I I I'm not. I just wanted to correct the record that that Ronald Reagan was some kind of recluse like Woodrow Wilson. I believe he said the last two years. Well, de- his, define,
3: uh, def- define re- re- recluse. Didn't uh, Bush Bush 2 go like eight months or nine months without a news, news conference? Well, if you didn't like Bush, you'd say that's a recluse. What are you doing? Other people are out there every couple of weeks. I mean, it all depends on how you define it. I don't have a As problem I said, with that. I'm I'm, I,
4: I was simply trying to correct the record, and I, I think, yeah, I, I I think I, I've
3: done that. I think you have. I mean, I, and I, I have no problem listening and being corrected. I'm just saying... The, the, they they both had sort of similar issues, but n- they're never similar. Like I said about the, the stroke earlier, there's no no two strokes that are alike. So the, the, well,
4: and and and, uh, and I'll I'll tell you that that Reagan, like Trump, was subject to relentless commentary about his mental condition. Yeah. Whereas there's virtually no commentary on the mainstream press from the Times or the Post about Biden's, which I think is about to change, and we can maybe mark this as a as a i, I really do predictions but but i'm i'm guessing my my prediction will be within two or three months of the midterm you're going to start seeing articles in the washington post and new york times and the chicago trib that are talking about l uh, the la uh, times talking about about biden's failing mental capacity i
3: i don't any, any Luda, on it? I, mean, I could I could be one of the the crazies of the world and i will be for a second and say the the solution is for all. I mean, everybody worries about the press, but no nobody will put their hand in their pocket and pay a dollar for a newspaper. The the press is owned by all kinds of these other wackos. We've let that happen. What I mean? I, I'm just I'm just I'm just
4: saying that, that the orchestrated the, the orchestrated presentation of. Reality to the American public is going to change with respect to the president and what I consider well, to be the press organs of the Democratic National Committee. Okay, but
3: but but and there's that, a, there's and that's
4: also going to change I think after the midterms with respect to the president. Well, you know what? President.
3: If you walk into Audrey's house, my right wing girlfriend, uh, and you listen to the press organ she's got in her TV, you you wouldn't even know there was a left. I mean, between Fox and this is other station she's got and her friends, I'm like. What do, you, what do you listen to, do you even though there's another half of the world? I mean, you can't do that on either side, Lou, and we are, and, no, and nobody's willing to pay for news at all. It's, it's supposed to come to you for free, and then if Jeff Bezos hands it to you, you're pissed off at what he says. Well, he shouldn't own a place, right? i mean, did,
4: I, I, I don't understand your point. I mean, news my newspapers point is, have always been, and, and TV stations have always
3: been commercial enterprises. I get that, but there were there were four of them competing. And people actually paid for advertising, and you paid a quarter to get a paper, or ten cents, the hell, it was in those days. Now nobody wants to pay for anything.
4: Nobody well, buys I, the trip. Know, the New York Times and the Washington Post are all behind paywalls. So they seem to be doing okay. Well, Chicago okay. Trib's behind a paywall.
5: Sun Times just lifted their uh, paywall.
3: Well, well I mean, which is <clears throat> interesting. They're yeah, not. It's a new. It's a new. It's a new day. But they're, they're not independent um, but, places. Anyway, Lou, I got. I have a question for you. I, I didn't. I dug this up and it's kinda late, but I'll, I'll throw it at you anyway. There's a I don't usually do this core digest stuff, but this is kind of right up right up your alley and it's a lady here, uh I think it's a lady, Stacy Tidwell, writes this article and she's talking about um isolationism in America and I'm thinking I gotta talk to this about Lewin. She goes, uh you know, the question was somebody wrote, When when did we when did the US have a chance of winning World War II? When did that start? And her her conclusion was it was when Franklin Roosevelt listened. Evidently, he spoke fluent German German, because he, he spent a lot of time in Germany. And uh, he said as soon as he heard the, Hitler's Nuremberg speech, he knew the guy was an absolute lunatic and we were going to have a problem with him at some point. And started, that's when all the plans for the B-29 and all that stuff. All, he started doing this in 1938 knowing full well that 95% of the people were isolationists. And, and she writes, uh, in the 30s, Americans stupidly thought... And if we prepare for war, then we are, we were causing war. If we have a strong military, we are increasing the likelihood of conflict. And military spending is high, we should chop chop that spending and increase welfare. And her point is the people that we're talking about I mean, are, are uh, you know, she, she puts, uh, you know, Kim Z, Putin, Hitler she puts them all in the same the same pocket. And for anybody to I don't think...
4: think that, I don't think that's unreasonable.
3: Yeah, I don't either. And I'm saying for the idea being is that if you're not prepared to deal with this and realize that somewhere in the world there's like really, really bad people and you have to, and, somehow, and you can't hide because they'll eventually find you I hate to think she's right, but she is. She, she goes uh, it says in 2022 Americans have lost that confidence some of that is not due to our uh, adversaries having nuclear weapons, more it's due to Americans no longer embracing objective morality, right and wrong he says Kim firing missiles over Japan makes him a bad guy. Z threatening to invade Taiwan makes him a bad guy. Putin torturing civilians in Ukraine's makes him a really bad guy. You're not going to change him. You're going to have to deal with it at some point, Un- unfortunately. And uh, she says Roosevelt and Curtis <laughs> Lemay <laughs> understood <laughs> evil men. We don't we don't understand evil men anymore, evidently.
4: Oh, I I think that's I think that's definitely true. I, I think that I think that our our leadership is very short-sighted in, in regard to a lot of this and and has been i mean the, the focus on when the soviet union fell the assumption was that we were going to get this huge peace dividend Do you remember that term peace dividend yeah yeah. we're going to get this huge peace dividend that was going to fund all of our social programs and we wouldn't have to worry about you know about this we could maintain a a basic sort of standing military that, that would deter all these conflicts because there was, nobody, there was nobody like us in the world. Well, you know, the, the, the short answer is that the Russians and the Chinese, after the Soviet Union fell, immediately set about to, to become our equals in terms of weaponry and, and militarism because, because they understood that notwithstanding our soft power, which, which we've also taken great steps to undermine on our own, um, notwithstanding our soft power unless unless you've got the hard power to back it up and the hard power by hard power I mean military force to back it up you you, you really can't you're really not in a position to, to dictate anything to anybody and, and especially you're not in a position to act in your national interests and and so you know we've, we've let a lot of stuff deteriorate I mean if you look at and I don't this is problematic for me this discussion because all through the cold war you know you all you heard i was part of the process all you heard were were defense people pounding on the table saying we gotta have more we gotta have more we gotta have more we gotta have more look what the russians are doing we gotta have more and and i mean part of that is the result of our political process where everybody goes back in and lobbies for their you know for their particular programs but but as of right now we are fielding an air force that is old, that has lousy equipment, and that, notwithstanding some of the, the fantastic technological breakthroughs we're, we're engineering, is is looking at an opponent, specifically China, that has equal technology to ours and is and is deploying it at a rate much greater than we are. This is you know we're looking at a at a peer adversary in terms of Russia, at least with respect to technology that that is also moving as quickly as it can to deploy weapon systems that we don't we just don't have we've stagnated our defense establishment especially with the air force and the navy and and we've got we're going to end up playing catch-up and and this is why i think i said a, a couple of months ago that for the chinese who who you know are demonstrating telling us exactly who they are this is a this is a window right now and and this window is open, but it's starting to close because we're starting to seeing some realization of just how dangerous China is, how aggressive they are, and how um, you know our obligations to defend our allies, especially in the in the Far East, are going to be are being challenged now and, and could be challenged kinetically. And and we're bringing starting to bring you know weapon systems online. We're starting to change you know change our way of of, of looking at that situation. But for a long time we haven't, and that's opened up a window of opportunity for the Chinese to operate, you know, to to take Taiwan, to expand their influence in that region, to basically Finlandize Japan, Indonesia, and maybe even Australia, and and that's that's the push. That's the push that's going on. If you if you look, did did you see the indictments that were announced by Garland uh, yesterday or the day before of the Chinese agents operating in the United States?
3: Well, how many of the people, between the pe- them and the people that are watching all the Chinese citizens over here, um, I didn't seem to, t- tell us about them, and then i got a question for you, because we don't have that much time. Well, just, just real
4: fast. The Chinese, we we indicted Chinese agents who who were engaged in trying to bribe American Justice Department officials so that they could get information about American criminal enforcement against certain Chinese companies operating in the United States. We have Chinese agents hiring American law firms to file lawsuits against Chinese citizens living in the United States that the Chinese government is trying to force to return so that they can non person them. I mean I mean it's outrageous. But 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 you know, we we are not going to respond to that except to you know, charge them as criminals rather than starting to take aggressive action in that region with our military forces because we can't.
3: Um well, how do you uh, the the day I started the show Maddie and I, I said you know this China situation might have been the day of the week I said this China situation if I was had my behind in the, in the Oval Office would be the most difficult things I could ever accomplish and probably one of the difficult things I've ever heard about in history you're going to have somebody, in those days I was talking about you know, commercial stuff where Bill Gates walks in and says hey these guys have uh, bought 9 zillion computers and they only bought 3 things of software and I think they're they're pirating my stuff which duh so you sit there and go, well, I can't let that happen. And all of a sudden, the Coca Cola guy walks in and he goes, Hey, there's, there's a billion Chinese people drinking a Coke a day. What are you doing? Don't mess with this. I mean, the, 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 the conflicting winds regarding China, if you were any of us, any in a spot like, like Biden is or any of your senator, I can't even imagine what the, what the cross current pressures are. I mean, we're up their well, eyeballs well, in the Chief, place. Chief, the, the Chinese
4: implanted. Their military systems in, or military departments implanted thousands of tiny chips in, in circuit boards that were distributed across the world I, so that they could spy on those computers I, if, and hack into those have, computers if they ever,
3: to do have, so. If I ever disagreed with you on the China problem, what I'm saying is if you and I are sitting in the Oval Office together going, all right, what's our, ter- our, our ten first things we're going to do to stop this, where would we even start?
4: um uh, well you, you start you start with the kind of actions that i and i'm going to give the biden people credit on this the chips act trying to you know some kind of industrial policy that that begins to move our manufacturing operations and our intellectual property operations out of china they've proven to be untrustworthy for decades and and you know that we got to start somewhere so let's start with that
3: okay because i mean you still if you walk into an ikea even even the meatballs probably were from China for God's sake. Every single thing in uh, there—that's
4: actually a, that's actually a great point. Um, uh, well, I mean, we 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 have to recognize that. I mean, one of the things COVID drove home to us was how dependent we were on China for medical stuff.
3: I, I'm I'm with you. I, don't, I just I honestly it, it's it's above my pay grade. I, I don't know how to start. I mean, you can't say we're not buying any. Can we do it gradually? I mean, uh, or, but we don't seem to want. I mean, while the generic like drugs I said, are,
4: like I said, that window that window is open right now, and our job is to close it as quickly as
3: we can. I am agreeing. I wrecking just wrecking
4: our economy.
3: I'm saying, if you ask me about how to fix the financial system, I got five things I would do tomorrow. This one is just I don't I don't know what to do. There's so many people are the investment over there is dramatic. Their investment here is dramatic. I mean, I don't want these these people over here watching people here. Do do we ban their students from our colleges here? Or do do that tomorrow next year? I mean. Do we do it gradually? I,
4: I think that would I think that would be a start. <clears throat> I think I think we need to understand what the rest of the world is coming to understand as well, and that is the presence of, of PRC people in your country. PRC e- economics, in terms of dealing with the PRC economically, means you are going to be vulnerable to the kind of exploitation that they look at as their obligation and right.
3: I agree. Boy, I Let's talk more about this next week. Now, if you go skiing, be careful. Be careful. You know, we don't want we'll you. We'll do. Don't be doing a sunny bono on us.
4: <laughs> I'll stay away from, I'll stay from the
3: Loveland Pass for oh. sure. SB Futures down 4 and as Futures down 69. We're going to be right back to Dan Janitas and talk about this market and what we can do about it all over the place.
5: Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain?
6: Three four five six, that's seven oh eight three four nine three four five six, or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's
0: myhomesourcerealty.com.
5: Interested in promoting your business to a high end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on stocks and jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market, along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net.
1: Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks,
3: jocks, jocks, Stocks, and Jocks.
4: You are out of control. Right here. Right, now. right here. Right there.
3: Right now. There's something happening here. Hello, and welcome back to Stocks and Mama Smell, whoever on the board. Wild stuff with Lou as usual, how huh, many? Uh, yeah, as usual. It's a. Uh, Interesting, Dan. How are you, buddy? We'll get back to some some uh, market stuff here. How, how, how are things in Florida? Is everything all back to normal?
6: Uh, not, not quite. But we're getting there, little by little.
3: So you guys, your, your place was ninety-five uh, percent, right? You you pretty much weathered it, okay? Nobody's roof landed on you, or nobody, nobody's boat landed in your pool or anything.
6: I didn't have a boat in the pool, but I had a tree in the pool. <laughs> um, and we, I do have to, I do need to replace my roof, as it turns out. So. Uh, yeah, some of this stuff you learn as time goes on. It, initially, it didn't seem, you know, it seemed like we had weathered it pretty well. And we still have, you know, if you compare uh, my neighborhood to, say, some of the neighborhoods in, in Fort Myers Beach, which are just totally wiped out. But, uh, there's a lot of, um, people chasing after few resources right now. And it's, um, you know, contractors are in high demand. And, um, you've seen a lot of out of state, um, uh, work you know, workers that are coming from out of state to, to help out. So uh yeah, it's a process. It's it's a process. It's um but uh we're you know, we're moving along.
3: Just so as you know I always ask you the world's dumbest questions, what exactly would you do if you had some guy up here who didn't, never even went down there to check out his boat or his car and all of a sudden you got this forty foot sailboat laying in your front lawn you, you can wait for the owner to come by and get it. You might do that forever. What, what, what happens to that thing? What, what who takes it away? Where does it go?
6: Yeah. So actually, that's a big issue right now. And what what's happening is um, there there are um, they're just starting to move um, in Fort Myers, where they have the you know sort of the worst of it. They're just starting to move these boats that washed up on land or on top of people's cars or, or houses. Um, they start moving them, and I guess they take them to um, a boatyard, and at that point they can determine. The owner can determine, based on the amount of damage, whether they're going to, you know, it, it's going to be like a car that you just um, d- decide that you, you know, you trash it or you, you know, you junk it or use it for parts or whether you're going to repair it. So they're just they're just starting to do that right now. But the marina that I go to because I, I I boat I do I belong to a boating club as opposed to owning a boat. But um the marina I belong to is pretty much trashed. I mean, there's it's amazing. <laughs> To see, to see where some of those boats landed but yeah that's uh that's the process that you go through with uh with the boat repair and most people don't have insurance on their boats unless they're really you know good-sized boats
3: yeah we didn't uh well we had a little speedboat years ago so i don't think we had the insurance if we did i forgot about it Uh hey what we've had some uh I mean markets are moving, interest rates are moving they're gonna do what, three quarter point in the E C B today, right? Isn't that the story? I don't know if they've announced yep. it yet, but uh
6: Yeah.
3: Is it already announced?
6: Yeah, no it hasn't been announced yet, but I think that's what's um that's what's predicted and uh interesting, Canada um only did fifty yesterday, fifty basis points. Um they were expecting seventy five and I think that gave the market a, a little bit of or at least the bond market a little bit of um hope that that may be happening soon with with um our fed uh gdp is what's coming out you know in a half hour here and that i think will be interesting um
3: this is fourth quarter right i mean this is third uh, this is going to be what uh second quarter no third quarter
6: third quarter yes yeah so we'll see um how you know uh, you know i think that number could be somewhat significant It, it could be in positive territory which would Technically, take us out of a recession if, if you go by the technical definition, but but we're still you know we're still slowing, um, and there's there there is actually quite a bit going on um, in terms of you know rates and in terms of uh, I've got a I think a much clearer picture from talking to you know not only clients but other small business owners and also talking doing a lot of earnings calls with the companies that have been reporting recently. And the the story seems to be pretty much the same across the board, that small business owners and large companies like like Meta um, are having um, issues on the cost side. So they're not necessarily having issues on the revenue side, their revenues are still growing, but their costs and expenses have, have increased. And we're starting to get to that point that we've talked about before, Where costs will get to a certain point where they will start having a bigger impact on those companies. So, for example, it definitely happened with Meta yesterday. I mean, the stock's down 22% today. Um, It's starting to happen with other industries. Um, It's it's also happening, currently happening, with small business owners still struggling to find help. And that issue is going to continue to, um, you know, pressure on the cost side of the or the expense side of the equation for for these companies and that i i think that trend continues i don't see anything changing with that going forward we're not there yet in terms of um being able to see this uh you know the slowdown turn around i think we're in that contractionary part of the business cycle and that's only going to continue and we're going to see higher rates and you know next week we have you know the Fed meets again and i'm you know 70, another seventy-five basis points is going to is going to have an effect on on um, all businesses, and, it, and certainly we're going to see uh, rates that have sort of come back now, um, you know, come down a little bit. Are going to we're going to see them them rise again when the seventy-five basis point increase actually happens.
3: What uh, I have a couple of questions for you, like I do every week, from uh, people that listened last week, and uh, uh, one of them is, is real simple. The stack used to talk about uh, Thunderbird, they make it alright through this mess?
6: Yeah, actually that, that's a good question. They they had their call, I talked with them on, on uh Friday. They came down a little bit, but the last few days they've been you know, they've been uh, up I think a total of about twenty percent. So it it's been a good hold. Um they still they're free cash flow positive, they don't have any corporate debt. They're expanding, but they are just like everybody else. In order to get the top talent, they're having to pay up. So, so that has been the trend, and they're very—I'd say—they're—they're they're typical of any other company that's in that same situation. Their business top line is doing extremely well. I think it was their the revenues are up thirty-six percent for the year, but but it's that cost side. It's it, and it's especially when it comes to labor. Uh, they don't have materials as you know. Um, Materials aren't, they're an entertainment business, so materials aren't as big a part. But the, the, the labor part is definitely, um, that cost is definitely putting pressure on um, them like it is others. But they're, yeah, they've done well. They, they just had a nice, like I said, a really nice run the last few days. Um, and it's a nice stock to own because it's generally not going to perform in line with the market. It's, it's uh, you know, it, it, it sometimes follows small caps, but in general it, it does its own thing.
3: Well, the other question is a little more difficult. Uh, it says that you uh, talk a lot about, you know, the economy is slowing, and uh, you, know, you talk a little bit about that, that British band that was in, uh, you had to, get, had to go into euros to get, or not, I'm sorry, the, the Ford band, that you yeah, had to go Ford. into euros, or you had to go I think it was euros, not the pound, but you had, you had to basically to a currency transaction. And I guess the question is, because I'm always sounding like, uh, you know, you be careful about the market here, you know, make sure you're hedged at, do you, do you think we should just get short and get along the Euro? I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, we go up and down so damn much. I, it's hard for me to just get short and stay short, but a couple times when we've been up, I've done some diagonals to the downside and actually have, have won more than I've lost there, but uh, we got caught in the last one because we didn't we went one way up and we had like four in a row before that. But uh, would you recommend just, well, the Euro is up to 100. It was 97 last week, probably when this question came in, but is this time to just get along the euro and get short the market?
6: Yeah, I mean, one way to do that is to buy the you know it would be to, to go along, um say these Ford bonds where you're getting eight percent right now, um, which is certainly more than you're getting in the U.S. dollar denominated um, equivalent, uh, and, and it's because you're taking that currency risk, but you're getting paid for it um, uh, with the yield. So that that you know the extra yield helps helps offset some of that currency movement.
4: The the thing the
6: what you wanna be um it might be like say think of it like as a hedge on your entire portfolio. So if you have some exposure to the euro, um, you know, if you had some exposure, say to the Canadian dollar, um, you can do that through, you know, by owning corporate bonds because some of the offset will be in the additional yield that you're getting. So we're thinking and gold and silver, which I know we've talked about in the past, are also they haven't done a whole lot, but they probably will have their day um, coming, I mean, you know, in the future, in the near future, and you want to still have those positions there, I think, to, um, to be ready for, you know, the dollar to, to reverse track. Um, and it's been so strong for so long, and I know we've just had that little bit of, um, you know, we've had a little bit of movement recently, but, you know, based on where we are, um, and where we came from, I think was it was at 1.4 to 1. Yeah. Um, with the euro, and now we're like we're even basically. So it's, I would say um, it would be a good time to diversify by currency. But but I'm not a currency person, so I wouldn't necessarily buy the currency outright. I would buy it through, like I said, by buy a corporate bond and buy a company that you like that you that's going to be around, like a Ford, and hold it and get that extra yield to offset that extra currency risk.
3: The the, the question um, actually. Speaks to a lot about you and I have sort of the same personality about this stuff, scary as it may seem. I mean, if, if I'm somewhat bearish, I'm going to try and find the most bizarre spread, diagonal of some kind, where even if I'm wrong, I can somehow wiggle out for a break even somehow if I use all my skills. And if I'm right, you know, I'm willing to take a double and not a home run. And I think we both feel sort of the same way about the dollar. I mean, you certainly haven't, an, and, and, and you immediately went for. Some kind of a bond where even if even if you get clunked, you're still going to be okay. But it, it's kind of our personality. Once in a while, some of the listeners just said, "Damn it, if you two guys are, are, are bullish on the thing, just let me know. Should I buy it?" <laughs> you know, uh, people don't have our personality. Let's put it that way. They just if, if if I'm bearish, they just say, "Let's just buy some January puts and go sit somewhere." Right. Yeah.
7: But you
6: you want to have enough exposure that you're that you're going to be able to participate on the upside. Yeah. Side. I yeah. Mean, I think we've done the right thing in this environment. We've been fortunate in this environment. Our style has worked really well, and I think it's going to continue to work I'd really well too. going forward because of the, you know just the great amount of uncertainty. And also, I mean, it's pretty clear that when you start seeing indications of of you know like what happened with you know we can we can cite several earnings disappointments that we've seen recently that have raised concern, and we have more coming. I mean, there could be another one at the end of the day today when. Um, Was it Amazon, Apple, and Intel all a- reporting? So, so I think being ahead of the game and and, and being hedged and and um, you know taking a more conservative approach makes a lot of sense. And, and again, as we've talked in the past, when you lose, it's not as symmetrical <laughs> trying to get back to uh, to where you were, where you started. Is, is it's not a symmetrical um, situation. You know, if you lose ten percent, you got to make eleven percent to get it back. So, it's it's. Uh, I think this is a good time to be conservative but i also think it's a good time to be invested um we we talked there was another bond that that we mentioned briefly um and this would be a little more uh, you know this would we have a little more um juice than than the ford bond but um pitney Bowes, which is an old name that most people are familiar with and you know the stock really isn't anything special um but they do have a bond that matures in march of 2024 so it's a year and four or five months um, Four and five eight Coupon And you can get them for 11% Right now And so 11% for a year and a few months You know 15 month bond is is Pretty attractive
3: What's their rating? Th- their rating is like right on the edge Of, uh, of rated right? The yeah
6: well a- the S&P has them as double B minus um, But I think Moody's has them as B3 uh, what, is, what does yeah, that mean? They, I would say they're you know, their stock rating is neutral, so if the stock rating was negative, I would say stay away from them, but they're, you know, I think they're going to hang in there for, you know, a year and a half. They do have a lot of debt, but that's, you know, you're, you're getting paid at 11%, you're getting paid for for that. The, um, some of the other names that we've talked about in the past, like SBC and OMF and ADT those names have actually run up so they're they're trading closer to five percent now five or six percent you're not getting paid as much the high yield you know market since we started talking about it is actually the spread is narrowed um, like as of today it's at 480 which is the average and the reason for that is just that default rates are very low and the spread on high yield is really reflective of the of the probability of default Case of, t- of Titney Bowes, I really don't see default um, in the near term. I mean, there could be something that happens over the next year or so that, that impacts them, but we're, we're getting in at a pretty low price. So we have, um, you know, it's just one that you watch very carefully. So that would be one that has a little more, you know, if you do want to take a little more risk and stay, um, you know, stay, I wouldn't say on the conservative side, but stay in a bond rather than, than being um, long the stock, that's a good name for for some extra yield. What, uh, so this year, the- high yield is, uh, where, where U.S. corporates and the bond aggregate are down 20% year-to-date, high yield is only down 13%. So it's actually outperformed, uh, high yield has outperformed the mar- market, the bond market, and I think it will continue to over the next year. It's a, it's a you know, when you want to have, it gives you exposure to the market and, you know, some uh, upside potential and as rates continue to, to go higher, the high yield is going to look even more attractive because now you're going to be getting nine or ten percent on a higher quality high yield bond, um, and that's a pretty good return. You know, that's a pretty good Dan, return to lock in. So,
3: Dan, what troubles you? I'll bounce this off you. You know, what's troubled me the most about these earnings is, is not so much the companies that are clunking. That I think both of us expected. I mean, uh, this meta, I, I, I somehow. Someplace somebody's got to start. I'm not going to go through this because I ran about it yesterday. Somebody's got to change these tax laws. Because yeah. I mean, this, yeah. the, you, this not being able to go back on capital gains and only three thousand. This company is has two point seven billion shares outstanding and are down two hundred and fifty bucks this year. That's massive amount. What's that? Seven hundred billion dollars?
6: Taking a lot of money out of the system already. Exactly.
3: And uh. Not to mention, the buffoons on the corporate board bought back 1% of their shares. What'd they lose on that? $30 billion? Yeah. I mean, any, but you know, the thing is, it's, it's really sort of bothering me here, Dan, and I, again, please counsel me, Counselor, the companies that have done well, the only reason why they're doing well is they're sticking it right up your behind. Gen- yeah. General yeah. Motors yeah. Had, had, had a good year. Their, their cars are up 10%. Not to mention, the dealers are charging over MSRP to get the damn thing. This, this Merck is Merck is uh, had earnings and they're trading uh, up a buck eighty four. This K Truda is up twelve percent. It's his cancer treatment. I guess it works on melanomas or something. Ten thousand bucks every three weeks.
6: I mean, and that's and, and I know I agree with you. I, and, and, and you know what I was saying earlier too is that the top line for some of these companies, the revenue you know stream has actually continued to increase. They are being pressured. Many of them are being pressured on the on the um, cost side the expense side and that keeps driving it. But there is a certain point that when prices um, you know, we've talked about this in the past as well, that there's substitution for, for goods and services at some point. And people are only going to pay so much and those companies can only pass through these higher costs well, up now, to a certain degree. And right now they've been getting away with it. But I don't think that's going to last. Well and that
3: except for except is for a, slow us down. Except for medical patents. Anybody who gives those patents for seventeen years, we should be, we should have our, our head examined doing that.
6: <laughs> That's that. Yeah, and that that field I think is also tough. I think technology is tough because you know you have um, you always have the potential of another company stepping into the same space. Um, you know, pun intended on the on the MySpace and the Meta, and now there's TikTok. So you. And I think the same can happen in, in healthcare especially in biotech where you have a you know a company that may have a patent on a particular um, in you know uh, medication or uh, you know research or whatever but then suddenly somebody comes out with something that you know is similar enough but 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 different enough and so you do take that risk when you're looking at at least the smaller companies in those spaces um, but there you know there are definitely signs of slowdown and i think the slowdown is coming on on the expense side and and the inflation i don't think inflation is going away i think there's a lot of people that are wishing you know that are being very hopeful and i think that's kind of sparked this rally that we've had recently but you know next week i think it'll be a reminder again that that rates are continuing to go up and that until inflation is gone um you know said I, I don't think they're going to switch course
3: anytime I, uh, soon as you as you know is our one, one little packet of disagreement on the inflation side? And I'm, you know, as you know, I'm as about as big as inflation hawk as there ever was. But uh, I, I think we we are. Most people are looking at it wrong because we've been given the numbers wrong. I think eight months ago, ten months ago, the inflation at that time was running. I'm going to say 16 to 18 percent on an annual basis, maybe more, maybe 20. It was never acknowledged like that and now that i think that it's down to a dull roar i think now we're starting to acknowledge how bad the price level is and it's now coming through the system because you're counting it poorly i think your policy is going to be poor and i think it is
6: you know i agree with you on that I, I I absolutely agree that there's the numbers and especially when we were talking about housing and rent and um, you know there's it's one um, it's a number that you know. It's been. I, I've heard a lot of talk about how you know housing is down, and we're not seeing that here. For example, in Florida, we're seeing a huge demand still for housing. We're seeing a lot of construction still, even despite the hurricane. We're seeing a lot of new construction continuing. Um, the sales office in the development I live in is um, packed every day. Um, so there's 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 um, pe- there are people out there that have uh, are still you know, there's still demand, and there are cash buyers out there that aren't going to be impacted by the market or people who are selling homes up north. So there's going to continue to be um, pressure on rents, you know, upward pressure on rents, up because of the lack of, of inventory, and upward pressure on houses because of the lack of inventory. So there may not be as many sales, but there's not as much inventory, so that keeps prices high, and that's a that's a that's kind of a vicious cycle. So I don't think we... You know, I, I don't think we're going to see any major softening there, despite the fact I, that you hear that, you know. And I agree with you that the news, that the information that we're getting isn't necessarily that accurate or, or not necessarily that reflective, maybe, of what the true situation is.
3: Well, you, uh, two things. One is um, the McDonald's. Now, I'm going to ask you this. I mean, you and I love the market. We, we love, I mean, it's our life. We love this stuff. We love the challenge. We love handling other people's stuff better than they can do it themselves. Uh, it's That's how that's what we are. We're in slightly different areas, but that's what we do. And I, I always thought that if a company did well, it was good for me and everybody. Now, I absolutely do not have that attitude because I, I, I see the economy is struggling so damn bad that as soon as somebody says they're doing good, I'm saying, how, how are they finding a way to screw somebody? I,
6: I'm thinking the same thing exactly. I mean, <laughs> I mean McDonald's
3: uh, is yeah. up a bunch, and they... Now, how many places other than McDonald's closed down, the competition that you and I are, see- are seeking has been decimated to a certain extent? Uh, Russell, our professor on Wednesday, I don't know if you ever listen to him, um, Russell's one of those brilliant guys I've ever came across, one of the nicest people. I'll, I'll, I'll say this to him right to his face. He's very anal on his breakfast. He gets the same <laughs> thing at McDonald's every single day. So, so he can actually give you a rundown, you know, not this was on the dollar menu, now it's not, or this, you can actually give you a rundown, of, I think he gets a, does he get an Egg McMuffin, potatoes and coffee, about how much it's up in the last two years, he gets the same thing, because it's dramatic how much it's up.
6: It is, on a percentage basis, it really is, I mean, I, I don't do McDonald's, but I do Dunkin' Donuts, and it's, it's, um, it's the it's the same thing, and I'm looking at percentage-wise, you know, it's still not, it, it isn't a huge amount of money, it's still, you know, a relatively cheap, um, Meal, if you will, but it's it's you know doubled in yeah. some cases more than double um, where it was a couple of years ago. So uh, it's a pretty yeah, it's it's significant and and um, that it's there and and I don't know how that gets reported. You know, I agree with you. Well, that I'm been- not sure where you know if they're saying that food prices or restaurants are only up five uh, percent or ten percent. And in your experience, your personal experiences, you're seeing fifty percent or more um, in some cases what, you know, it, I don't know how those, why those numbers aren't being calculated, you know, I don't know how the why the statistics aren't showing that um, information, you know, that what, what we're seeing. Well, they keep, they Contractors keep saying, are the yeah. same way, the contractors anything in construction, just very, very high rates, you know, um, you know, the, anything to do with housing, you know, with house remodel, rebuilding, those rates have gone up substantially and I'm thinking more like 100%, you know, over the last few years and
3: Dan, we Not only had a couple minutes. Do you, do you think watching these areas, you know, if you and I were in government, course even if you were in government, even if you in the Oval Office, you've only got 24 hours in the day. That, that's if you work hard, <laughs> right? Uh, I don't know how you even, the amount of studies that I would like to find out, I mean, one thing I would certainly like to do, we had uh, earlier in the week, uh, uh, we had, a, God, I'm going brain dead on, on people's names, um, we had our, our, our commodity guy was on... Uh, uh, Greg Pappas was on Monday morning. He was talking about actual f- lumber future prices now are at at or below where they were to start of COVID. And yet, if I was in the Oval Office, I would I would if I could, I would and I had a bunch of you know uh, peeps around me. I'd say, uh, Mr. Weber, why don't you go out there and give me some kind of a study? I want to know where the Lowe's, Home Depot, especially in the states where there's no Menards. See where their lumber prices are, visa before COVID. I'll bet you they're still up sixty, fifty to sixty percent. They have not come down. And if and if that's true, there's another industry I got a problem with. I think if we went through industry by industry, baby formula. Yes. I think how many of these things do we either? I don't know about breaking them up, but making it so that somebody else gets to come into business that they aren't the only people borrowing at two percent. Maybe if if. If uh, Dan and Chief decide they want to open up a lumberyard, maybe we can borrow a two percent too. I mean, somehow or other, we, we need to fix this, Dan. Otherwise, a guy like me—I don't want to be every time I see a stock doing well, thinking the guy's a crook. I mean, but right now, I, I do really.
6: Right, I know. I know exactly what you're saying, and I have thought the exact same thing uh, recently. And it—I thought the same thing even with small businesses as well that have had that have had the ability, you know, thinking about contractors that have had the ability to raise rates. And just saying, like it's it's just not, um... it's not. Uh, there's something not right um, in the situation where they think. And that old, you know, as you know too, over the years is just if a business is having to increase prices, like I think Netflix was like this. They keep they kept increasing prices for subscribers, and they offered fewer services. Well, eventually, people aren't going to pay that. Right. So there will be a point that that stops, and that naturally gets stopped, or if there was a little bit more oversight, if you will, and just in terms of, um, but I think it's really going to come from the consumer themselves, just saying, "Hey, I'm not paying that double, you know, that fee and that extra service, and to be able to get access to those other." Well, businesses. Dan, we got we know, gotta I kick- didn't have to do that a year ago or two no. years ago, and now I can switch to a different network and and you know get all you know the services for a lot less. So I think that's more of what's going to happen, no. and uh, we well, got dash, that's more what's going to happen going forward?
3: We got to dash, up. hey, good stuff, Dan, as usual. Uh, take care of yourself. We we'll get that uh, roof fixed up. We'll talk okay. to you next week, if not sooner. Yep. Yep. SP Futures up twelve. Nasdaq Futures down twenty-two. We'll be right back. Mr. Collins is going to talk about some football. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks. Jocks. Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Load end DAX and I'm Tomow. Mr. Matt Weber on the board. SP futures up 12. Kansas futures down 21 as the GDP came in at uh, 2.6. Accelerated. Uh, better than the 2.3% expected. Uh, this is in the third quarter. I'm, I'm digging through here to find out what the uh, what the uh, PC deflator is. Because I'm. if it's not like 10%, I don't believe the numbers. But that's another story. Um, over in Europe, we've got uh, DAX down 76.6%. Uh, 6%. Putzi up three, call that flat. Kakaron down 32.5%, so slightly down over there. A little bit of a mixed bag over here in Asia. Nikkei down 86.3%, Shanghai down 16.6%. Hang Seng up 110.7%, but still mired in the mid-15s. 15,427, which is really low. Uh, Bonds uh, up up two basis points now, 4.03. Trying to stay above 4%. Uh, Bund down 03 up 2.07, Japan unchanged at .25 as they usually are. Uh, oil up 56 cents 88.47, Brent up 55 cents 96.24, natural gas down 5 uh, cents to 5.55, very low. Arbob up 2 cents 2.92, we've got gold uh, down 7 bucks now 16.62 after a run up yesterday, silver down 12 cents 19.36, copper down 3 cents 3.51, we've got Bitcoin down 131, but still in the mid-20s, $20,000, $620,000, well, about $1,000 up this week. And we have the U.S. dollar at exactly one uh, 1 euro. Oh, uh, well, not exactly, but pretty close. And the pounds up to 1.15. Matty, what do you have for us? Traffic with sports. I'll try and find this deflator.
5: 35 minutes past the hour. Good morning once again to everyone out there. We're off to a pretty good start here on a Thursday morning. No accidents or issues to report on any of the area expressways on the Illinois side. Uh, We do have a disabled vehicle as you're crossing the Indiana border on 8094 eastbound just before US-41, which is Calumet Avenue. That disabled vehicle is blocking the left lane. So as you're heading eastbound into Indiana just across the border, you'll run into some delays navigating uh, around that disabled vehicle. But back on the Illinois side, Dan Ryan, I-57, and the Bishop Ford, normal traffic volumes there. Same for the Stevenson, the Eisenhower, uh, I-290 is our slowest moving expressway as you're heading into downtown. Eden's and Kennedy, traffic building, but no accidents to report. Only crash in the area is out in the western suburbs. Carroll Stream uh, on Army Trail Road at Route 53, which is uh, Wing Road, there is a crash. But everything else, all quiet out there. Weather today, a uh, cool but sunny day today, a high of 53, right now it is mostly cloudy and 42 degrees downtown. For our Phoenix listeners, sunshine with a high of 80 today. Right now it's clear and 56. In sports, the Bulls are 3-2 after blowing out Indiana last night, 124-109. Blackhawks were off. They're back in action tonight hosting Edmonton at the UC. Puck drop at 7.30. Hawks are 4-2-0. Surprising good start for them. The Bears made news yesterday trading Robert Quinn to the Eagles for a fourth-round pick. And Thursday night football tonight, it's the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Baltimore Ravens at 7.15 Central Time. Uh, down in South Florida that game uh, will be carried on Amazon Prime Video Chief
3: do we have Colin
5: we do hey bud
7: we do good morning Chief how are you
3: I'm Maddie. doing good uh, how you doing? I'm doing good you hear? Uh, you probably didn't listen on Tuesday but Joel is in one of those uh, pools where there's like a gazillion people in it and you all pick one winner a week you're sure of oh yeah
7: the survivor pools. yeah
3: well last week they blew out like the entire survivor pool in both the Tampa Bay game and the Bear game oh
7: it's unbelievable chief uh the the one in vegas that's run out, out of the Circus hotel in vegas they're down to i think about 300 entries at this point um with the with the bucks going down as a 13 point favorite and then the bears taking out uh the pets um yeah it's crazy and that that one in vegas chief i think prize pool is like a couple million dollars
3: wow this is the circus circus yeah is it th-
7: uh it's at the Cir- Circle hotel oh all right the newer hotel in vegas yeah um it's a, it's a thousand dollar entry. So you can buy multiple entries too. But, um, after last weekend, there's, there's not many people left, which is at this point, I mean, we're not even at the halfway point or just at the halfway point. <laughs> so it's kind of crazy.
3: What's, what's <laughs> the
7: price? Uh, you split a prize pool of, I want to say it's like $2 million. That's so, a over. Yeah. I mean, you could have one outright winner or whomever gets the farthest could split the pot, you know, if you both get to the end, but, um, yeah, it's, I mean, obviously pretty intense And <laughs> if you had The Bucks last week, or you had the Patriots You're feeling pretty good about yourself And then, nope, you're You're basically gone
3: I think I'd stick with Detroit, that's who Joel had
7: Is that, oh, is that right?
3: He had Detroit, so oh. he's still in
7: Huh, that's interesting
3: Alright, so what do you got, bud?
7: Alright, um, well I'm still looking my wounds over that, that Bears one Too, over the Patriots, Chief, I Took some crap from my Chicago buddies, uh, as I deserve. I, I might not have handled it in the, the best way uh, on uh, <laughs> Monday night, but uh, big win from there. <laughs> uh, but no, let's start on the college ranks real quick. So, tonight, cheap. contain your excitement, but we have a, a game in the Sun Belt Conference that I really like. Um, we're going to take the Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns on the money line, um, at a good price of about minus 115 over uh, southern Mississippi. Uh, real quick, ULL, um, they've been playing really good. They've had three, sh- three straight covers and two straight wins, one over uh, a Marshall team that beat Notre Dame a couple weeks ago. They were a 10-point underdog, beat Marshall by 10 points. Um, they have a transfer quarterback, this kid Ben Woolridge, that came over from Fresno State, playing really good ball right now. Um, so this is basically a pick game, but I think Louisiana Lafayette will, uh, will take care of business tonight. And then also in the college ranks, uh, I think this is kind of unfortunate for uh, Illinois folks. But uh, and Maddie, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you can bet on Illinois. Um, that's correct. You know, yeah, that's that because they. I, I was able to get them under a touchdown this week against uh, Nebraska, and I think that's a that, that line actually really surprised me. So Tommy DeVito playing a quarterback, Illinois is a really really good team. I mean, I don't know if they'll have a shot at winning the Big Ten outright, but uh, a couple weeks ago had a play on. Minnesota, because they reported that Tommy DeVito, the quarterback for Illinois, was going to be out. Um, He wasn't out. and He comes in and plays. And I mean, they just destroyed Minnesota. So, Illinois is a a six-and-a-half-point favorite Chiefs, um, or I got them at six-and-a-half at about minus 120. So, really like that play as well. Um, And then, just two quick plays in the NFL as well. We'll start with um, the Raiders Saints, uh, over 49 on Sunday. Both those teams... Uh, well, particularly the Raiders are, are Their offense is really starting to click at this point Saw Josh Jacobs go off last week um, And their defense is not very good The Texans put up uh, over 400 yards Against the Raiders last week The Saints are kind of a mess Their secondary is banged up um, They're giving up tons of yardage So expect that one to uh, be a high-scoring affair Like we did a couple weeks ago We had the Saints-Seattle And that went way over um, And then I'm going to look to take The, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, as a ten ten and a half point underdog against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the Eagles come off a bye week, which I think a lot of times can hurt teams from a momentum perspective. And um, Pittsburgh, other than the blowout against the Buffalo Bills, Pittsburgh's been um, within one score of, uh, of every game they've played in under two minutes to go. Their defense is playing really well. And if you caught them last week against the Dolphins, uh, probably should have won that game in yeah, Miami. I watched that too. Yeah. Um, if if Pickett doesn't turn the ball over a couple times. So their defense is starting to really quick and you're getting Mike Tomlin. I know we've covered this before with, with <laughs> Trubisky, but uh this kid Pickett I think's a little bit better. You're getting almost you know, you're getting ten and a half points with Tomlin as an underdog and his defense starting to play well. I, I mean I love the Eagles but I think that's too many points. So
3: What well, was the over on the Raiders uh Raiders Saints that like
7: you said forty nine? Forty nine. Right. Yeah. And Chief Chief I also put a bet in this week on the Raiders to make the playoffs at plus two fifty, um, their next nine games are against eight of their next nine games are all against sub five hundred opponents. So really? um, I think there's a good chance they make a run here because their 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 offense is starting to put it together.
5: I love that pick because uh, the Raiders start you know right now they're two and four. They, if you watch them, they could easily be five and one. Yeah, and let me, let me close. they're they're plus thirteen in point differential, even though they're two and four. And like Colin said, their their schedule lightens up, and then that division is nowhere near as good as what we thought it was. Denver is really bad. The Chargers aren't as good as we thought. Uh, so I, I love that pick, getting plus money there. Yeah. I think they could go on a run here.
3: Well, you've been pr- you yeah, And They pre- should
7: have they should have beat the Chiefs too.
5: Uh, yeah, you know, they blew they yeah. that game.
3: If
7: they, if they if they get that two point conversion, they have a shot to beat the Chiefs in that game. So, all
3: right, take care of yourself, bud, You were we've been three out of four the last two times, right? Let's
7: stay hot, Chief. I think we can. Do I think yeah. We can do it and uh, go raging Cajuns tonight. Oh, gotta uh, tune in if you, you can. Give,
3: <laughs> give, me, give me something to watch. Hey, you know, I think if uh, not not being a gambler like uh, maybe I should be, but if if you if you tie into one of the casinos over in Hammond, all you got to do is take your phone a foot over a border and you can bet Illinois, right?
5: That's correct. I, I think that's yeah. yeah that's y- correct. Yep. Yep. You, your GPS has to you know lock in that you're in the Indiana state line. Then you have to do a quick like accepting of terms and conditions on your on your app, and then you can bet on Illinois college teams.
7: Flanagan's probably or already cheap. over there.
5: <laughs> yeah,
7: <laughs> chief. You can also just contact. Uh, Tommy or Polly locally see if they can get that in you. I think we might pro- get a better number. <laughs> I, have
3: a, I have a feeling we could probably get this done at the Tripoli, but not, not saying. that sand. Just saying. <laughs> 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 <I> mean, Colin, <laughs> so th- thanks, buddy. Right. Now, now I have a reason to okay, go. And, now I have a reason to go up and get a beer tonight to put a game on a uh, Louisiana Lafayette. Mr. Johnny, you ready, bud?
2: I'm ready, Tom. Good
3: morning, all. I, I thought maybe you'd be scurrying to the border over at Indiana. Well, to get your bet. Well, down. just
2: another
3: good reason to go to Indiana. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you got to go by. Uh, well, it's Illinois, uh, did, did they have this kind of talent before? I mean, I, it, all of a sudden now they're, they're, they're world beaters. Where'd they get all these guys? Are they Maddie, are these guys all transfer guys in Illinois or whatever? It seems like their personnel is a lot better than last year. Where'd they get them all? And I think Maddie's talking to Colin, but he'll, he'll, he'll answer in a bit. What, what, what do they get these GDP numbers, Jan? They're 2.6, they came in. So, so all the people who didn't believe the last two when we were down said we weren't in a recession, but now they're going to say we're out of it because they believe this one. Yep,
2: t- you can twist them any way you want Tom. I mean, and pretty much the same people are doing the twisting it seems so
3: I don't know well I don't see how you have a a a a, a price decliner of 4.5 when you have uh, an inflation rate of 8.8 no so if you if you double the inflation rate so so your uh, GDP being up 2.6% it's on a yearly basis right so it's it's running so that's what is that per quarter that's divided by four gives you what point eight yeah. per quarter and if you're and if your inflation's running uh eight percent a year, that's two percent a quarter, so that puts you negative if you if you, you a me so uh,
2: they don't add up to me
3: <laughs> well but to be to be fair i just said that i said that wrong by the way the the what you're supposed what they're really saying is that the GDP is probably Six uh, percent on a yearly basis. You they, they add the two together, and you subtract the PCE part. So they're saying that the GDP is running at a actually it's a seven point one percent rate, of which four point five percent is inflation. Is the way you have to interpret these numbers. You subtract one from the other. So when you talk about the real GDP, it's the nominal GDP minus the inflation. But if the real GDP is added, added together, is seven point one. And your inflation is 8.5. Uh, simple math would mean that you're that you're actually negative, which is where I put us, and have put us the whole way. And I think I think I've been right, but you know, I don't get to put the numbers out there.
2: Do you have an updated number for savings, household savings?
3: Um, yeah, you know, somewhat. Those guys re- redid their uh, redid their numbers. They went from like three thousand or five thousand to nine thousand in one month. So they must have redid did the the calculation on the, on the debt clock and since I can't find out why what what they added back in there I haven't, I haven't been quoting it but it's the, the it's thing that an it, interesting change right? yeah well I think what's happening is uh, is the 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 amount I mean as you saw from Visa earnings yesterday which were huge so Visa was up a bunch um, everybody, everything's going on with people's credit card the credit card increase in credit card debt is is like record record setting at this point. Right i don't uh i i just can't I don't, I don't like not rooting for people John. it may sound like i'm a half class half empty kind of guy, but you know me i am not really but now this thing where every single time you see do I really think that visa having a really bang up quarter is good for the population i don't I don't think so i mean it I, didn't
2: I, translate to me no you no know, I, I i can see how people you know it, It's it's traditional that they get squeezed by these places um and I've noticed you know there's there's a kind of effort, it seems, now. I've noticed a kind of shakeout in um, the credit card business, and maybe maybe Matt has some insight into Actually, this. Actually, Matt knows that. an
3: awful lot about Recently,
2: it. Recently, I've noticed that there's been a, a shakeout in this—you know the servicing of particular accounts, and the places like Citibank um, is you know, getting its foot in the door with a lot of other retail places that traditionally had their own credit operation. Um, they took over Sears. Now they're taking over Macy's. It looks like, from what I've, I've gotten. Well, is, that, is anybody So th- there seems to be a kind of grab here, as a way of gobbling up, you know, the servicing part of it. And I don't, I can't think offhand what this means for the average consumer, other than you're just maybe getting screwed by somebody else.
3: Well, let's um, ask him. Matt, are you with us? Yeah. Um, is is uh, does, does is any retailer big enough to do their own credit processing? Now you know this. I mean, obviously, Sears used to, Marshall Fields used to. Uh, does anybody do that anymore, or do they all just pile into a MasterCard or somebody?
5: As far as I know, they all pile into a, a Visa or a MasterCard or an American Express. Doesn't mean they're not capable, but I don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze.
3: So they don't have their own employees doing this stuff. You know, you don't get a the Marshall Field bill for Marshall Fields anymore. Obviously, Marshall Fields doesn't right. exist. exist.
2: Yep. Depending on the account you have, because you can still get, like, a Home Depot... Consumer card. It's just good at Home Depot, but you can also get a Mastercard. You can do that now at Sears too. You can get a Sears Mastercard that's good anywhere Mastercard is accepted.
3: Well, just um, I mean, you, but we could we could have a Stacks and Jacks Visa card, and it'd right. say Stacks and Jacks on right. it, but that doesn't give us. I don't. Home Depot doesn't do their own processing. Wasn't Target like the last
5: one, Manny? Even Target had, like, a Visa logo on it, didn't it?
3: Yeah, but i am said... They're not
5: that, they're not doing their processing.
3: No, but that that's changed since we've been doing the show. Weren't they the last big ones to, to pile over? They got hacked, and then they... Is that the reason they did it? I don't
5: know. I, I always thought those Target credit cards still had a Visa logo on them.
3: Okay. I'm trying to think... I mean, it's,
5: you could be right, but I think... No, I'm just, I'm I think just wondering
3: who would be the last one. I know I, know I got... Uh, uh, I got talked into. They gave out so many free prizes, believe it or not. I have a Bass Pro Shop card that I never use. Because they gave... What logos on that one? It's um, um Capital One. Okay, there you go. It's uh, so of course uh, I I brought the big all the the tchotchkes back and Audrey and her friend Sarah were there and guess what I got like no tchotchkes. Well, I got the credit card so they took one of them took the, <laughs> the mug one of them took something else and I ended up with a hat that doesn't fit so,
5: and I'm sure you still had to pay the bill of course.
3: Oh well yeah, well I mean it's a, it's an okay card, but that that's interesting though because if you anything you buy at um, at Bass Pro Shop. Your interest rates only like seven percent. Where, anything you buy anywhere else is the usual whatever eighteen or twenty, whatever it is. Yeah. Right,
2: they got rewards programs and everything yeah. for the use of that card. I mean, Sears had that, you know, a long time ago before they had any kind of MasterCard link with it. But uh, it was an incentive to, to buy products sort of in house, if you
3: get a break in the price. Well, if you if you decided you want to go in and get by the you know, a three thousand uh, dollar outboard motor, you're only paying seven percent. You don't have to go get a separate loan. Which is, matter of, is that unusual, Matt, that they do that? Or is that what the big firms always do? I mean, I don't think I don't think Home Depot does that. Who does Home Depots? I know they're always trying to get me to get a card, them and Menards.
2: Well, when I go into Home Depot, because I do have a card, I use it occasionally, but it's it's just a Home Depot consumer card, they call it. And I, I log into my Home Depot, com or something like that. And I, there's options. If you just go into Home Depot.com, there's like three different credit cards they offer, I think they're probably serviced differently too um, but uh, everything I get you know when I use the card when I make a payment on it or anything else it's I, I don't get it from synchrony I don't get it from Citibank or I get it from Home Depot well, I'm going to show my mention of any other service
5: yeah I'm looking at Home Depot's um, credit card page and they have a MasterCard, which is like their 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 you know real credit card I guess but then to John's point they do have a consumer credit card that just has a Home Depot logo on it but then you can only use it at Home Depot, obviously. Right.
3: Oh, all right. So they actually still have one. I bet they.
5: But you can't use it anywhere else.
3: Well, you right? couldn't use Sears anywhere else or, or Marshall yeah. Fields.
5: Well, Sears has a MasterCard too.
2: In fact, it converted to a MasterCard with, you know, no assistance from me all of a sudden. I was told, Now you got a MasterCard. Well, mm-hmm. thanks, you know. I can take th- I can take that any place, you know. It says Sears on it, but it's got the MasterCard logo on it. I just got a thing in the mail too that you know I have an Amtrak guest rewards card. You know where you get points, just like from flyer or miles, or whatever for an airline. But you know, if you buy stuff with it, you, you get points, and you get you can credit that towards purchases of Amtrak tickets. Um, and it had been serviced by serviced by Bank of America. Um, I just got a thing the other day. It's now FNBO do whole new thing, whole new credit card, whole new account number, everything. Just you know, Bank of America kicked it off their website. Now FNBO has it. And it just made me think—you know—these changes uh, them seeing with like Macy's now, because they had a consumer car. I couldn't take it anyplace other than Macy's, a good only at their store.
5: Um, so, do you think those pr- Citibank?
3: You think those private brands, maybe that the Home Depot actually does themselves, or they must have somebody else do the processing?
5: I—I'm ninety-nine percent certain they have, they outsource the processing.
3: Because I mean, didn't Sears used to have, or I know Marshall Fields had a. I don't know if they were in the building, jam, but they had a boatload of people that just worked in their credit well, card division. All these
2: division. carsons, all these stores, have, usually on the top floor Yeah, their credit department. just like going into a bank. You know, you have their little wickets and ticket windows and stuff. And you go up and pay your bill or talk to somebody about getting your credit limit raised and everything else. They did it in-house. Um, and, you know, I, I, I agree with, with Matt, that probably, even when it doesn't say that on the billing, if, if somebody else is doing this for them, like like in the mortgage market or anything else, somebody else is accepting payments and crediting them and doing the paperwork behind it. So.
3: Well, you know, you heard... I uh, don't have that much time. We have plenty of time to, to dig into this one. You mentioned you heard Jan- Dan talk about... And actually, to a certain extent, you've heard Audrey and Nancy talk about it on Mondays, uh, that the housing prices, even though if you do the, the, the very simple math, you know, mortgage rates have gone from 3 to 7, uh, that the housing prices should be at some point collapsing because if you can afford two grand a month guess what now you can afford half the house uh, but it somehow um, it hasn't and I'm gonna I'm gonna boy the hell I said I'm gonna say it hasn't yet because what Audrey finds is there's a such there's a shortage of inventory in Orland and the suburbs and most well, she does stuff in the city too but there's a shortage of inventory and so far the prices have hung in there so the people who sell their place can buy the next one almost cash and the, and the mortgage is small enough where they, even though they're not real happy with the difference in rates, it's not that big of a deal because most of the, the buy is, is in cash. Um, but I have to say that we're, we're dangling on the end of a rope here because at some point you're going to be talking about a new buyer who at the, at the amount of money he or she or combined can pay is going to be for half the amount as they could spend eight months ago. I mean. You're, you, you can't get away from that identity, John. How? I mean, does is, is it mean that hopefully the rates maybe come down someday, or well, the economy you know, you gets got better? To factor
2: in this institutional, you know, purchaser factor too, because you know the the big buyers of these places now pay cash; they don't need financing for it, and I think that's helped to keep prices artificially high. Uh, you, know, you I think you should be seeing them tumble when you don't have qualified buyers because of the, the interest rates, what they've shot up to so quickly. That should signify a collapse to me in prices down the pike, or we should see evidence of it. But we don't, and I think it's because a lot of buyers aren't paying it. It doesn't affect them. Um, they, they're still interested in picking up these properties, and they're willing to outbid anybody else at the table.
3: But nobody, and, and, but nobody I mean, Audrey or Nancy... In their area, now granted, they're not talking worldwide. I, you know what? I'm going to get my buddy Jim Lawler, Lawler, uh, Lawler back on, maybe, maybe a little bit with you on a, on a Monday, because I don't know that it's even happening. I, I, I mean, I don't see, uh, I mean, they have their investors that'll pick up the foreclosure pieces. I don't see BlackRock outbidding Audrey for any businesses, any homes in Orland or Tinley or any of those places or Homeworld one. Yeah, and it's
2: not as big here as it is in, you know, Sunbelt states and, you know, better better climates than here. Um, and I, I, I'd like to see better numbers on how much it's, it's happening in metro areas in the north at all compared to where it's happening elsewhere. But it is happening in big numbers um, nationwide. And I think it's concentrated in, in certain areas. But i got to believe it's, it's having an effect on, on housing values. And it's it's, you know, it's got the same effect of keeping the, the typical home buyer out of the market completely. And, and it's reserving it for a very small slice of the buying public that isn't bound by things like interest rates at all. and that, that's a disturbing trend to me. Well I mean
3: one, th- one thing you will learn, John, is if if you're how can I say this because I'm going to say in on one hand you're a, <coughs> you're a smart guy but you're an idiot. I'm talking about myself. Uh, when, when you, when you I like you, to be in good company time. yeah <laughs> when, when you see something happen and, and, it's, and it's your industry and it's something that you've been trained in, more than likely you're going to be right. But really, more than likely, you're going to be way early as well. Uh, so you, you end up with this. I you mean, know, <laughs> when I started the business, it's probably December of '80, and I looked at the rates, and I you know, I saw that the you know the, the economy hadn't fallen apart totally. It was not good, but and it looked like these companies were survivors, and they were actually competing at that level, even paying the rates they were paying for short-term financing and stuff. That it was obvious that as soon as interest rates came down at all, they were going to pick themselves off the ground and run. And so I was really bullish with my $10,000 account on the trading floor back in those days. Trading in Owens, Illinois and uh, Revlon, you know, 10 contracts a day. Uh, but I, I, was, I was a year and a half before it took off. And all of a sudden, something you see right in front of your face is being so obvious all of a sudden, one day becomes obvious to everybody, and you're broke. <laughs> you were like a year and a half earlier. I mean, it, I, I mean, I can see these these prices. I've never seen anything this dramatic, except for maybe when I had the, the bridge loan, where it went from eight percent to fifteen percent in six months. I've never seen anything like this. We're now a somebody bought a five hundred thousand dollar house a year ago. They basically can afford a two fifty one right now. Same person, and, and yet, I mean, this this house of cards. Unless we really take off as an economy, or if the rates come, come flying back down, which I don't see happening, I don't see how that, that identity doesn't, doesn't come to fruition, at least to some extent. I mean, how, how could it not?
2: No, I noticed just around here um, a, a far greater number of for-sale signs, which doesn't tell the story other than anecdotally, you know, in this particular area, but there's a lot more for-sale signs still up on people's lawns after I would have thought they would, they would begin to disappear because there, there shouldn't be that many people, you would think, as, as Audrey and Nancy have said, looking for a house after school has started, you know, yeah. weather's getting bad and everything else. But I, I, I got to believe that a lot of these sellers are, in, for whatever reason, in tough straits and they, they need to get out and they just can't find buyers.
3: You're They look like
2: pretty good properties. It looks like they've been well maintained. From what I can tell, they're priced fairly, you know, given comparables. But it, but they're not moving They're not moving very fast anyway, and that that's a concern to me too.
3: They might also be hoping against hope that they're the last person to get the high price. Right.
2: Right. And a lot of that can they sweat it out, and some can and some
3: can't.
5: Why don't you put like there's no way they could get the high price. No. Mm-hmm. There's it'd be impossible. If you bought your place in the last five or ten years and you're trying to sell it now, you're not gonna you're gonna lose no. You're going to lose your ass.
3: Oh yeah. Well, it doesn't mean you the don't have the sign. Monthly payment
5: out there. is triple <laughs> what it was.
3: Well, it doesn't mean you know that you don't have the hope sign out there.
5: You can put a hope sign out there, but it's going to sit out there like John Cian. Yeah. No, I mean, if your monthly payment goes from twenty five hundred to five thousand or six thousand for the same house, no one's going to buy it. No, that's You're right, Matt. Uh, simple as that.
3: SP Futures up fourteen. Nasdaq Futures down eight. John, thank you. Maddie, thank you. As usual. Back tomorrow. Stocks and jacks.
2: What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again.
5: Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to ptisecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at ptiprodirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit nadex.com. HomeSource Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456.